0: The thoughts, opinions, beliefs, views, and statements discussed in no way reflect those of any current, former, or forthcoming client, employer, partner, endorser, or affiliate in any way, shape, or form. If that doesn't satisfy you, well, then I guess I'll see you in court. Enjoy.
1: Excited for the SpaceX cryo testing, right?
0: Cryo testing, yeah, the Starship Four.
1: Yeah, that is going on tonight. Is it? Yeah, they're closing what the time? roads at like nine PM to like I think six AM? What time? Uh, in Boca Chica time? Yeah, Boca Chica time. Oh, okay. Jeez. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, so the what, the last two there's depressuration of, depressurization events for both last time,
1: right? The well, I mean, uh, well, no, the the one before it just well, kind of just blew its top. This one sheared in half because they filled the wrong one. Like, they did the wrong configuration of filling it, so this should really be done from top to bottom, not bottom up. But then there's ah. the fact that the gas inside the bottom one escaped faster than it could actually turn into gas because there's some liquid still in there. And they didn't, they didn't pressurize it well enough, so it caused negative pressure, like I told you last time. That thing just, like, just crumpled, like, imploded. Crumpled.
0: Right. Star Hopper seemed to go pretty. So I know there was some uh, there was hiccups with that, but it seemed to go on the more seamless side.
1: Yeah, uh, their Hopper, yeah, of course. That thing did a 150 easy with just one engine. And that's one engine not at 100. So you you can definitely see. If you watch that video, you can definitely see. It, it's going to be... Easy for the Starship when it starts going.
0: Yeah, with with the Raptors? The Raptor yeah. engines? With
1: the, yeah. yeah, with the Raptor engines, I think it was like a piece of cake. It just went up, went over, and then down. Like it was
0: Yeah, an I and then, and they use uh, RP-1, and what are they using for fuel for the Raptor? It's the same?
1: There's no RP-1, the one. so with the Raptors, is liquid oxygen and liquid methane.
0: Uh, okay.
1: So it's a different... Let's just say methane has more was hydrogen and oxygen in it.
0: Okay, so is, is it more advantageous to RP1? Because I know rp one's pretty oh, much Oh, yeah, it's definitely,
1: it's definitely more advantageous. It's also greener, too.
0: And it's more expensive, probably?
1: Well, they probably make it themselves. There's methane, natural gas.
0: I'm saying, is it more expensive to produce,
1: you think? Uh, no, not really. Okay. Because most of the companies here in the United States and around the world, it, they generally use uh, natural gas either for heating the house or maybe even your stove, it depends. I mean, there are different ratings for different gases inside the houses and commercial use. So, yeah, well,
0: SpaceX is chugging away. I mean, they just did, what, the Falcon 9 from Cape Canaveral, what, yesterday or day before? Yeah, and they put, put, I think I read, up to 40 to 60 more Starlink
1: small sats up? Yeah, they definitely did. They definitely put more up there.
0: No, I know they put more. I just forgot the number, but, I mean, uh, Musk said that it's gonna be uh Elon Musk said it's gonna be I think three months is gonna be the private beta and six six months will be a, a public beta of some kind.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's gonna be, it. be some odd amount.
0: Yeah. I missed the flyover in Phoenix because I'm in, you know, obviously in <laughs> locked up here in Jersey, but uh they all saw it over there in Phoenix. So yeah, I
1: have to miss it. What we'll flyover? First, oh, you mean, Starlink. Starlink. yeah okay mm-hmm. i was like wait what we'll flyover? fly over the space shuttle's not flying anymore
0: <laughs> yeah so it's it's been going i don't know what's going on though because uh, as far as speaking about phoenix I mean um like I don't know what's up with all of this uh i keep hearing different stories I'm trying not to watch the news i have a lot going on and I'm you know busy and you know like both of you and i are but I try to stay abreast to everything, like what, what's your take, when are we going back to uh, normal, quote unquote, whatever i are saying, back to normal.
1: I don't think we're going to be going back to normal until a cure comes out. Because, like, the way that this, like, at least for this country... It's gonna take some time because we have a man child at the helm. I know I don't want to talk about politics, but we have a man child at the helm. He recently just told everyone to drink or inject bleach.
0: I, okay, so what's that about? I saw like Joe Rogan and a bunch of people yeah. post about it. it. I don't he,
1: so one of their directors, I think it was from like C D C or some they are doing they were explaining a test that they were doing of how to kill the virus, right? And one of the things was, you know, was bleached Lysol aerosols, and whatnot. They were showing different environments. They put this virus in, and how they killed it. And when, uh, when the guy stepped off, Trump stepped on. And a news reporter asked Trump, like, so how, how is there a cure for this? He's like, oh yeah, we, we've done some studies, and you know, you can just inject Lysol, Lysol into your into yourself, and everyone just like, no, you're dumb, <laughs> you're dumb. And then Lysol had to send out a notification to everyone and label all their bottles: Do not do this. Do not follow what Trump says. Yeah, but I
0: think I read he was kidding. I did see that.
1: He said it. Day. He said it afterwards in a in another meeting, a private meeting. He didn't say. It, he didn't say it like, oh, it's kidding publicly. He didn't say it on TV. He was. Serious that
0: we need to say like, go drink fucking bleach,
1: man. Yeah, like, essentially <laughs> yeah. he was saying that. He's saying go drink bleach.
0: Yeah, but then again, too on the other side of the spectrum, it's like who's like, Oh man, Donald Trump medical advice. Like, like yeah you know, he's,
1: he's not, not the really best happy. person to get advice from.
0: Yeah. Well, because nobody knows. I mean, I think there's a large because of the symptomatic populace, um, the large po- the amount of the general populace that's actually could potentially be symptomatic. I've read that like new york city this could have been occurring like before february and no one knew that's well, what that's pretty much a lot of people are saying that
1: oh of course because everyone was asymptomatic by then it would have spread all the way around the world because they found out let's say what happened was it a month after so just i would say january is when it was starting to spread So yeah, but it I would have gotten the whole world February. within a couple of days.
0: I was in New York City in February and there was a start they, the first cases that had become public were out. But there was no shutdowns or anything yet.
1: Yeah, was, just, there was not like, enough information of what this virus was doing.
0: Yeah, I don't think anyone thought it was gonna get this bad.
1: Yeah, That's nobody sure. nobody thought it was gonna get this bad until like like China started building hospitals like crazy within what two weeks they can build a hospital which is insane
0: it is didn't you tell me there's more billionaires there every minute you said that once
1: well okay so before the yeah i actually did say that um before the covid hit i read an article saying that every three minutes a billionaire is made in china in china
0: that's ridiculous
1: that is beyond ridiculous That that shows you how rich China is, and not only that. If you look at how the U.S. is right, China has bailed us out twice already because of the debt the U.S. has.
0: Yeah, twenty-two trillion.
1: Which is insane, and China keeps
0: China
1: has bailed us out. Which I find that kind of insane, and yet like America's like, we're the you know. We're the richest, we're the most powerful, like, yes, we're the most powerful because we have the most amount of nukes. But if you look at it, we're also the country that's actually, I would say, considered as a third-world country, because you look at our infrastructure, and then you go to Europe. And people here think that Europe is third is like third-world infrastructure, but then you realize they're way beyond us than anything. And then you come back here to the U.S., and you're like, why do we have such a shitty infrastructure? Like, we have potholes everywhere, we have these power lines, like, above ground, and stuff like that, like, we should, and we have public transportation that we have to pay a crap on um, just a ride. Yeah, over there, they just pay, like, well, one fee, and, like, it's almost free.
0: Yeah, well, on that note, though, did you, you did you see what I posted on Facebook? Like,
1: not that, uh. Point
0: that the, the consensus has finally come out. And for those who don't know who are listening at any point, uh, Corinne and I were uh, both on the same Hyperloop team at SpaceX. Um, that the, the, the consensus is it's not going to be ready. It's not going to even be viable or remotely possible until 2040, which I know that we, now I remember we all discussed that. I I mean, I already knew that. I knew that the whole time, which is why it's been hilarious watching like, these like the two other like the two companies um you know go around and and talk about it it's going to be 2020 we're gonna have three lines in dubai it's like dude you guys are out of like not out of your minds but you're like scamming people but whatever
1: yeah out of money the only thing is in dubai they can actually do it they have the infrastructure they have the money and they can accomplish it i mean they have the tallest buildings in the world so they can do that they can create a hyperloop network which they can but, yeah, you look here in the United States, it's, like, they can't even fix the Amtrak. Or they tried to, and they're saying it costs, like, what, a billion dollars to fix a hundred-year-old, like, whole entire railway station? That's because of
0: all the lobbying. That's because of all the lobbying. And that's not going to change. That's why when, uh, like, the other Hyperloop initiative I was a part of, I'm like, look, I don't know if it's like that in Switzerland. But in America, like, there's no, like just the entire premise of virgin Hyperloop one i mean yes they have the best looking pod and i guess they demonstrated that subscale they sort of positioned it that it was full scale but i know for a fact it's not but like it yeah i guess but it's just like it you've made it look good before it actually like works so
1: well i so great uh, well, talking about switzerland right They definitely have the infrastructure. They definitely have the money because they're also one of the richest countries in Europe. Right. But when you look at some of the plans that some of these companies have come out with, right, is it going to be above ground or is it below ground? So above ground is a lot cheaper than it is below ground because below ground, you have to dig a large amount of tunnels. Because, and only that, you don't want it to affect any of the wildlife or any of the scenery, because that is why most people go to Switzerland, because of the scenery. And, like, just how free it feels when you're there. Because I've been there and I feel free as hell, man. Like, especially when you see the mountains and you see the water and you just listen to the wind and the birds and all that stuff, and animals grazing. So it's kind of cool. But, like, when you're trying to create like a, this type of infrastructure, it's going to be hard because if you look at the roads already, when you're driving like on the roads, like I was doing and like they are on the highway and you go through tunnels every few minutes, like you're constantly going through tunnels. So it must've taken them a very long time to create their infrastructure alone to actually have these roads go through mountains without disturbing any of the communities, any wildlife or anything. Cause it goes right through the mountains. They're and where is it? Yeah, this is Switzerland. The Swiss mountains, okay. Yeah, the Swiss yeah. mountains. Yeah. yeah, Swiss Alps. Because I I drove from, so I drove from Strasbourg to to Zurich, and then once we once I was in Zurich, I you know went exploring. So I went to Jungfrau and first mountain, and from there I was just driving all around. I even went to was uh, to Thurn, and also um, to Lucerne as well, and like you're just you're going through mountains. And then if you're going to Liechtenstein, or was it Liechtenstein? Yeah, Liechtenstein. It's like a small country on the side, all the way to the side. It's a really small one. It's kind of cool and super clean as well. But like you, you you're not going through any tunnels, but you're just driving for a long time. That one you see a lot of valleys and everything. Well, because
0: oh. there was a thirteen-year-old girl who was like, she posts. She they were, you know, they evangelized her, and they're like, she has a great idea to retrofit the Hyperloop onto existing train like existing rail um which i guess is somewhat of a step up from building new infrastructure but there's still a lot of design i mean i don't think you can retrofit the hyperloop onto existing because it's an entirely different it's a well
1: i mean you can to a certain extent the only thing is that you have to do it in stages And you also have to have transitions as well. So if you were to, let's say, create the Hyperloop network on railroad, railroad, right? You would just replace, you keep the railroads, but you would also create the center line of a maglev in the middle. Right. And then if you want to, you can create the tunnels as well, but it's not going to be vacuumized.
0: Yeah, is isn't the whole idea. Well, the whole idea about the Hyperloop is that the, it's not maglev because the power only goes to, to the levitation. It's, it's, that's what differentiates it from.
1: Well, let's see, the, the maglev is levitation and propulsion, and that's all powered by the rail. And that's how the trains themselves get the power. With the Hyperloop, it's more of the pod powers itself, the train is its own power, it runs on itself. If it needs to be charged, it can do that by the rail. So the rail is sending power to the vehicle as the vehicle is controlling its power forward and backwards or whichever direction it's going. But different companies, different communities have designed different types of Hyperloop pods. So if you think about it, there's no standard as of yet of what type of pod that people want or people need to see and various different Uh, i guess countries because i would say we want one standard now for us when we were in the hyperloop for spacex we're combining aerospace uh or more like not just aerospace but like spaceship airplane train and uh what's the other one there's another one uh hypersonics but that's like spaceship but you're combining all different types of transportation into one which is why this is called the fifth mode of transportation. The only thing is that with the Hyperloop in mind, there's not supposed to be a rail. So, like, what me and another part of the team in our loop designed for Dubai, there was no rail in it. It was just the uh, hover engines all around in different locations. So the pod floats in the middle of the actual tube. And, from and then it it, rely it's just relies on gimbling. gimbling to yeah, and it gimbles for what
0: for like for any curvatures in the did you because i know that the the new competition that there was i guess they canceled. The, the, i don't know if they were actually going to do it but then they definitely canceled it now with the covid issue um and the future of it remains completely i don't know if they, i think they actually i read on a tweet that like it's it's done the hyperloop competitions completely It's spacex but uh the whole thing was that they were supposed to be building the next challenge would be that the tube would have curvature So you'd have to, you know, have specified deceleration events to actually sustain
1: the the curve. That type, that part of the competition would only arrive once they have the vehicle, you know, already built. It's been tested through its pre-qualifications through the other competitions and has made it to the next round where it can handle certain radius turns. Now, however spacex is going to do it it has like each the radius of return depends on the banking speed so it's like what is the the velocity that you want your pod to be traveling consistently consistently going around that bend because sometimes the radius can be like miles i know for for dubai when we designed it we had about i think a five to six mile radius so that the passengers inside the vehicle Will not feel that much G-force because we kept ours as close to the FAA regulations for passengers inside a plane on acceleration and deacceleration and banking only receive 0.5 Gs to 1 G.
0: Yeah, I remember because I was gonna actually um, not in the full the full-scale test tunnel or the full-fledged test tunnel, but the um, dip, like the chamber. That was fixed to the building, like inside the actual presentation grounds by the tents. I was going to volunteer to actually. I kind of got a little bit of attention, like um, they were considering it for a second for competition too. I was like, let me go in it, and like you know, depressurize the chamber, and I'll go in it. And because the idea for our pod was that it was sustains non vacuum grade components and also human life, so I was like, let's go. It works. I'll hop in it, and then I think like legal was like, no. Lawyers love me.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, because you have to watch what you say. That's one of the things. Like, like with with podcasts, you can say whatever you want. You can really because it's your opinion, it's your voice. But when right. you're representing a company or an organization, you have to watch what you say, and you have to make sure everything, like your vocabulary and what you represent, is correct. Right. Like, if you're off by a little bit, jump, lawyers will just come at you.
0: Yeah, no, we were talking, like, they were considering it. And I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll go in, and we'll be, I'll be the first person, human person in a Hyperloop. And then they were like, yeah, yeah it would be fun, awesome, but now I don't think that's a liability. Because, <laughs> you know, your eyes could explode out of your head and you could die horribly.
1: Well, <laughs> I mean, well yeah, if it was a full, if it was a hard vacuum type event where the vehicle is pure magnetic and it's you know it's in a hard vacuum yes your brains will be splattered against the back of the pod there you go
0: well, I've, yeah i've
1: had a good life it'd be almost instantaneously life. you wouldn't even feel a thing because the
0: like yeah there you go dude like i'd be the first person to do like accidental suicide by hyperloop imagine <laughs> that <laughs> i'll kill two birds with one stone um, but no, I'm reading here that despite the considerable amount of hype and attention Hyperloop has received and the, potential, the potentially important role it could play in decarbonizing long-range transit, the concept remains more or less unproven, and serious questions remain about the This is what I've been saying about economic feasibility, says Lux Research senior analyst Christopher Robinson, which is weird considering that's well, all they've been doing with these companies, like Glide, the uh, feasibility study this, environmental study that. And no one's raised this yet, and I guess like now with the COVID thing, somebody finally spoke up.
1: Well, when you when you think about it, they have all the feasibility study. Like, is this actually possible? Has universities done the studies? So when they're looking at it, they're they're looking at can a linear induction motor actually work, which is just a regular motor unravelled. So it's just a straight line of magnets. Can this work? And um, It does work, but it, it wastes a lot of energy. So it's like, is this worth actually using? So the feasibility is there. It's just that it's not as efficient as they thought it would be. Now is, Does it harm the environment? Not so much. I mean, there's no carbon footprint or at least too much of a carbon footprint. There is a lot of ozone that can be created based on the concentration of the magnetic fields and what's actually interacting with the the limb or the motors itself. So there's there's, a, there's too many variables and there's a lot of play in there. Gotcha. By the way well, the technology's there. The t- technology's there. Well
0: I know the technology's there. I mean I watched our pod the pod the R levitate in front of me, so I know <laughs> that's right.
1: no, that's different that's a different technology. So the R is using motors connected to a magnetic system which is a circular hallback array. There's actually two hallback arrays inside those you could say circular disks that they have at the bottom and when they rotate above any metallic surface they'll create a magnetic inductance in the material below and then that'll create a magnetic field and both the magnets and the magnetic field repel each other so you have a levitating pod. So that's a new type of technology because most people did not think that that would happen. Now, they're also using that type of technology in making motors, like regular motors, slimmer in a profile. Because most motors, they have a certain magnetic field profile. Now they're just using a circular hallback array type profile where you're not wasting too much magnetic field, where it's only facing towards the coils and not, you know, going all over the place. But then there's also other types of motors called axial flux generators or axial flux motors where they're generally just axial flux. That profile is so small, it is unbelievable that they can actually make a significant amount of power and torque, which is kind of cool. But that'd be for another talk at another time.
0: Right. Well, because hyperloop alpha proposed uh, passive levitation, but then uh, by our, by our loops calculations that wouldn't provide enough lift. So, it
1: depends on the speed. You have to be moving, as I remember, five meters per second.
0: So active levitation.
1: You, you, need, you need active levitation. And then once the pod is moving at a certain speed, you can actually shut off two or four of the hover engines. Like for hours, we had what? We had eight hover engines. So that means four of them can shut off. And then you would have passive levitation, which would also keep the pod levitating while the other ones are propelling you and gimballing. So you're not wasting too much power. And right, and
0: then all, all off the shelf and modular. Hard, like the design was modular, and then yeah. it was using all existing off the shelf hardware and components, so that it was. I mean,
1: most um, of most the yeah. proportionality off the shelf. The rest of it we all made. That was all in house.
0: Right, right, right. The 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 aero shell and what have you. On
1: the well, actually, everything. So, like the mo- the motors are made by Hendo. The hover engines were made by Eric's pack. So it was actually their technology, but they didn't have any testing for it. So we had to do it ourselves to figure out what type of magnets, what's the magnetic field look like, and all sorts of jazz. And then from there, we created our own cooling system, our own battery system, electronic system, the actual mechanical fuselage, the gimbling, everything. We made everything in-house. So we couldn't really find much of it off the shelf besides the motors and the hover engines. Those are the whole new things off the shelf because those are made by an actual company. For us, we weren't a company at the time. We were just a team. Now we're a company, but hey, we're all just hanging so, around
0: now. I mean, I've been out of the loop for, you know, what, a few years now. So what's going on that you can talk about? Yeah. I know there's been a lot of activity with our loop. Acquired of Revo, a bunch of fun stuff. That was already a couple of years, man. Time flies. What's up? Like, what's going on? I see our flight um, and something yeah. else, too. Button.
1: Yeah, Good. so uh, as of recently, we did the R-Flight, which is Boeing GoFly. So we created a, a personal aerial vehicle so that individuals can fly from one area to the next. You, something similar to a jetpack, but this one is just uh, like a single wing with a motor on it, and you just fly around, essentially. Um, there's also, let's see if I go through what you have here. We have do, 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 do. <laughs> like that. we our space, which is designing satellites, which has been on the low side because not many people, you know, they have the qualifications to do it, but there's, a, there's a huge amount of interest. So that's a big, that's a good thing. Um, that's good. we have our we have bridge, which is creating smart cities or essentially a smart facility. So if you have a product and you want it to get developed or made, like a prototype, one time off, you put your designs, like anything you have, up to the website, which sends it to an administrator or the cloud, where it will be assessed. And based on your location, it will then send it to a nearby facility that is partnered with with our bridge. And they'll be like, okay, we have the essential parts materials to actually go ahead and make this product for you and they will go ahead and make it and they'll probably have it sent out to you within two days depending on how aggressive or how easy this thing is to be made so there's that we also have our own blockchain Just off our own cryptocurrency as well that's cool um as of recently we we also okay, create our own coin? Coin. yeah we have our own coin as well what's it called it's called Arcoin. There's <laughs> nothing new. It's, like, it's called R-Coin.
0: Um And for those who don't know, R is short for Reddit because the team was actually found and initiated over a Reddit thread.
1: Yeah. How cool. Per, We're found off of Reddit, but obviously, I'm not. I don't want to speculate too much on
0: that one. Dude, they call it's so funny. I was watching. There's a bunch of. Uh, there's a whole series of like. Uh, hyperloop naysaying videos which i watch, which are super entertaining and they, they uh they actually name our loop and even are like uh the last place you look for anyone with intelligence reddit <laughs>
1: actually that is the that is the only place to find intelligence because it is based on social everyone's just talking and you see people's like yeah there's going to be people who have intelligence other people who don't who don't have intelligence but in this group, just R-Loop alone, these are people who are using their disciplines or their expertise in a wholly different area. Like, they're just, it, their incentive is like, I want to be a part of this. This is some cool technology we're going to create. Let's do it. Let's put it out there. Because at that time, like I say, what, three or four years ago, maybe five, Hyperloop, the technology, it was just a myth. No one really wanted to do it. They think it was too hard and so on and so forth. But once Elon created the competition and whatnot, and then we created, then our loop was created on Reddit, it just went haywire. Like, people were like, yeah, I can do this. I can pitch my time in. Like, I got this engineering expertise and so on and so forth. And we had Excel spreadsheets and then so on. And then people were creating documents. And then from there, we then moved to Slack. And then we had uh, Google Hangouts. We had Jira. We had Confluence. We had Fusion 360. We had like all sorts of like programs. We had Dip various different partnerships as well. With yeah, as bad as bad. Oh, dude, now, I lost you, have, dude. Like, companies all over the world just be like, hey, we can do this for you or hey, we can do this for you. Just we lost can, lost you know, for second. Stop our second. Is names your internet connection it? stable?
0: Is your internet connection stable? I just lost yeah, you. I'm 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 a... so. Yeah,
1: I'm in a Yeah, I'm in it. Cool. All right,
0: good. You
1: just blank Yo, like it for a second Check Dude! <laughs> <laughs> So yeah,
0: what were you saying? Go ahead.
1: So yeah, um, yeah. So we were backed by like so many different companies around the world. One of the main ones is TE Connectivity. Um, other ones was Eric's packs. Uh, another was R Systems, but they they only gave us just time for doing the um, the analysis for the CFD and FEA analysis. We did have um, Fusion 360. They were a big help. We actually have one of their their tech support guys in our threads in case we needed problems because we were benchmarking their whole entire system. Because for us, it just kept crashing. And we had no clue why. <laughs> it just kept doing it over and over again. Um, so eventually we fixed that one. Uh, what else? Uh, you,
0: still, you guys still uh, partnered with Soylent?
1: I believe so. I haven't really followed up on that end. That is something you'd have to talk to the main guy, Brent. <laughs> that cool yeah. guy. He's doing some big things as well.
0: Yeah, I haven't talked to him in years, but we follow each other on the, the channels. Yeah, That's uh, that's cool. Yeah, he seems like he's always keeping busy. Oh, yeah. Cool he, he's, always, he's always busy. Okay. But, but as far as... Uh, as far as like new stuff too, like you're you're always like you say. I speak well. I was trying to read that abstract again that you sent me. Um, it's it was like oh my god! Like he, he said I, he says he needs to get a dictionary when I talk. Tesla phoresis of carbon nanotubes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, that was like an evil laugh for me. <laughs> Direct motion, yeah. So
0: how can this be applied? So. Uh, it's okay. Paper introduces test of the directorial motion, self-assembly of matter by a Tesla coil. How can this? What role is this going to play in orbital debris remediation when it comes to small Sats?
1: So when you're looking at it at the scale that they're testing it, right? They they just have two LEDs. There's a video of it. They have two LEDs, and then they have carbon nanotubes scattered around. And when the EM field or the Tesla coil is activated. All the carbon nanotubes align each other and the two LEDs turn on. And it was very interesting because the nanotubes were connecting to each other and they were following the actual magnetic field lines of the Tesla coil. And they were rearranging themselves accordingly. Like they went from unstructured to structured very quickly. And you can see both the LEDs light up together. And it was, to me, I found that very interesting because this is on a very micro scale. Now that they scale it up maybe a million times. It's like what happens if you create a satellite that has a very concentrated EM field where you can actually pull multiple satellites together or pull it towards a satellite and you can drag them around and push them around with that with just this one satellite. And the satellite's just orbiting. So this one satellite is just pushing and pulling Other satellites without actually moving or like displacing its velocity or its you know its power in the sense that like it's going around the earth, but it's a magnetic field, it's able to control every other satellite and just move them around. And those ones are dead satellites, along with debris out there in the in in,
0: in and move them around to graveyard orbits essentially or back into
1: or yeah or just send them back to earth so they can burn up in the atmosphere right there's also also ideas where they could just have them all collect to one area and you can have like a like a large super cluster of satellites just chilling together it's like hey look here's a satellite moon over here and like if we get the space station you know a little bit bigger or have another I guess deployable spacecraft. We can always go over to those satellites if they're in a suitable orbit, and you can, you know, resupply them, fix them up, deploy them again, or repurpose all that equipment. Now most would say there's, there's no point in repurposing it, but like there's always a point. You have solar panels, you have batteries, you have hardware on there, instruments on there that could still be in use. It's just that there's no propulsion system. They don't have enough gas in them, but they have power, so they are still useful. You can still communicate with the satellite. They're just drifting now, so it's like, how can we still utilize that? Because if you have one satellite next to another one, even though they have no propulsion, they're right there next to each other. They can communicate, and you can have them do something else with the instruments on board or with the hardware on board. So how long them.
0: do you think? We're gonna- are, are they already? I didn't read the paper. Obviously, just the abstract sent to me. But are they already? Is it their, is it your? Is it your notion that it can be used for small sats for this purpose, or yeah, is it is my component, component. Are they making it in the paper?
1: Oh no! no so name. you, can, yeah. okay. I mean, I, I would assume that their notion, or at least their future notion. I didn't really read their futures at the very end of the paper, but um, I think I would assume that their notion is for manufacturing so let's say you want to build a building completely out of carbon carbon nanotubes, right and you actually figure out a way to put a tesla coil in the middle of the location and you just activate it and it's able to you know actually control the magnetic fields it can you know increase and decrease magnetic flux and densities where you can actually build a structure all around that Tesla coil, which I think will be very cool. Well, you just, you just put this Tesla coil or this device in the middle and it just draws all these carbon nanotubes and you can have like pipes going everywhere. You can have a structure going around. Mm-hmm. It would just be really cool to see, but that's like maybe 10 or 20 years out. Like that's almost instantaneous building. That's without any human being besides just placing the device there.
0: And yeah, I was because is it does it is it is it, is it does it correlate with it's not a method of propulsion, right? No, does it have anything okay?
1: This is generally just there's just they found it fascinating how when the Tesla Tesla coil is activated, the magnetic field affects carbon nanotubes to align themselves to the magnetic field of the actual Tesla coil and have these two LEDs just sitting there turn on because the nanotubes would connect to one and then connect to the other one and all of a sudden they turn on and they're sharing power between the two because the power is going from one led to the other one via the carbon nanotubes now without the carbon nanotubes the leds would still turn on because of the magnetic field but then in order for them to turn on there would have to be a coil inside these leds like maybe like a thin coil maybe 100 turns to create an inductance inside and that would create a you know, magnetic field, power, and voila, LED turns on.
0: So they're powering it by the magnetic field, like without any type of physical connection? Yeah. Is that? The,
1: the okay. technology is very simple. Technology's technology is not there. You can just have an LED, get a like a thin copper wire, wind it around like a little thing at the very end, they're like small cubes. You just wind it around, have a magnetic field, or even your, um, your wireless charger, put the LED on top of it, and it starts lighting up. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, wow, that's incredible. I mean, I, I didn't even... It's yeah. definitely not with my realm of scope. But you, like, shot me that all of a sudden. You're all excited about it. I'm all like, God, how that This is another, like, weekend of me trying to figure this shit out. It it's, very,
1: it's very simple. It's just plain, plain, plain like, physics.
0: It, yeah, it reminds me of spooky action at a distance, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear, uh, Google's, uh, the, the head of, uh... Quantum, their quantum AI division, uh, you nope. resigned a couple
1: of days ago? Nope, I have not been following that. But speaking of that, I know for us, Assimilate is on the back burner. Assimilate.
0: So for anyone who doesn't know, that's Corinne's initial concept that he asked me to be a part of. Um, that uh, pretty much East, I mean, Amazon and Azure Quantum took, I forgot what Amazon's quantum platform is. Is it just AWS Quantum?
1: Yes, yeah, exactly. but like for what I was trying, like what I was hoping for was to connect all the quantum computers in the world. Like Amazon bracket. Well, yeah. But yeah, what I was hoping for is just to connect all the quantum computers in the world and also connect all the supercomputers in the world together. And by doing that, it just makes it easy for any company, a scientist or an individual to put a code into the system and have a crunch numbers fairly quickly depending on what type of problem it is and where they want to send it to. doesn't want to be run on a classical computer or doesn't want to be run on a quantum computer. But if you just have any problem set to a quantum computer, it can be troublesome because each quantum computer are built differently. And that's where a quantum AI, figuratively, I'm doing quotations in midair and you can't even see this, but that's where uh, (laughs) that's where an ai would come into play where it would actually translate your problem into something readable for the quantum computer to solve and well
0: i mean i've been dabbling with tensorflow quantum because that just came out and the entire i mean they put it into perspective for me real well because obviously people have trouble defining what ai machine learning is now well really more so ai but for, for quantum AI, like um, there was still some ambiguity as far as what that actually meant. As far as it, does it just process faster? Does it have better confidence? But from my understanding, um, from the TensorFlow uh, quantum launch, because I watched that like 20 times, that <laughs> the idea of machine learning is a little bit different when it comes to quantum computing, in that it the machine learning takes place to intelligently, quote unquote, intelligently or intuitively. Calibrate the parameters um, The quantum parameters To Procure the desired output So the machine learning element for this Isn't necessarily the machine learning Put Is uh, as far as I understand Executes an output It's actually that the machine learning Is more intrinsic and that it Affects the variables For How the quantum action Occurs so it was some pretty fascinating stuff. I mean, that's just my understanding of it. So, but no one really understands it, as they say. So I don't feel bad. But my understanding is that it's it's about the parameters, the intelligent, intuitive parameterization of, um, of uh, features. So yeah. I thought that was really cool. I was like, that's like you know a whole nother, pretty much a whole nother world when you think of like a what's considered AI, machine learning, and classical computing.
1: So, I mean, when you think about it mathematically. I believe it it does check out. I mean, variations of it checks out. But then when you're trying to think of it conceptually, it's like, I'm not really sure. Because there are, def- there are various different variations of these quantum computers. And nobody really, as you said, nobody really knows how this stuff works. Which is why companies are also going into gra- graphene or graphite for using them as a transistor in CPUs, which I think, I forget which company has already done it, where they've reached a crazy threshold and it didn't even, you know, break a sweat. The, the CPU didn't break sweat. Like, it barely even got hot. Hmm. Well,
0: the whole the whole idea, though, is that um, and, I mean, it's pretty obvious at this point already, that the pinnacle of this being adopted is the whole the, the, hybrid, cla- the hybrid classical quantum Element because otherwise if quantum just remained its own its own thing it would its own domain exclusively it'd be siloed and so yeah. use cases and applications wouldn't be as abundant so but with that though George Hotz I was watching one of his streams he's the CEO of Comma AI he um I love you know, another kid from Jersey um, he was so he was someone asked him and he was like it's just another scam because I think it's mostly a scam so and and I don't I I agree to a set, to a certain degree but. I think that they're already preparing, and I've read this from like Brighetti like, uh, and stuff. I've interviewed for D Wave and Brighetti Um, but they're already preparing for another winter, and they're also preparing, and this was like what, last year. Um, they're already preparing for another winter, but before that, to preface it, there's gonna be an AI like media buzz where they're like, quantum computing, it's coming tomorrow, it's gonna change our lives, <laughs> you know, and there's gonna be another gold rush. Um, or re- really wild goose chase if you think about it, but that's wild. that's where they, that's where they, they
1: are. are. There's really nothing new. It's always going to be a wild goose chase, unless yeah, there's scientific yeah. papers backing it up. Is this going to be a wild goose chase now? Like some there's, there's been a few people saying, oh yeah, it works. Like this does this, and then this does that. But has anyone else created? You know the computer itself, like validate that okay, this actually works. But then again, these quantum computers only work with certain problems; they don't work with all problems.
0: Correct. Right. Like Uh, for a lot of like everyone's like the first question is like, when's the iPhone Q gonna come out? It's like for a lot of computation that occurs on a phone, like a lot of the basic computation that we use today, it's like it's like slamming. It's like if it's it's equivalent to like the people who are out there. And hopefully they're less abundant. But the people who are out there, like, I need a five thousand dollar MacBook Pro so that like Safari searches stuff faster. Like it doesn't work that way. Like people will spec out their computers, and like it's like just if the Google. software,
1: just a Google, if the
0: software, yeah, it's like if the the software has to be specifically all of the like constituent elements of what's being processed. Like the software has to actually be written to. In a certain way, to a allocate all of that, and then you're not even even if it was, you're not even tapping into like a fraction of like what do you need like 98 gigs of RAM for like to surf the internet? You're out and check your email. So that's sort of where I think that's a low level layman was a way you can phrase the whole quantum like what will soon be the quantum hype because you know there's the whole. It's going to crack all encryption. You know, you're, 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 you can. I now being an AI myself, I can now spot fear mongering and buzz and just like what's to oh, come. Gosh. It's just so obvious what's happening. Well, Google doing, you know, Google announcing we found quantum supremacy, and then IBM's like, no, you didn't.
1: So, <laughs> it's just gonna. It's gonna be a fight between those two.
0: <laughs> yeah, already. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Stuff's going on. some foolery, Forget it.
1: And then they, within this, they're they're gonna break the cryptocurrency and be like, that's not gonna happen because if you have a quantum computer start calculating cryptocurrency, you make it insanely hard for it to calculate and for everyone else to calculate or to mine it. Like it, it would just, it would just be really hard. Like the computer would just be like, okay, yeah, I can do this with no sweat. It doesn't. You know, it does really fast the first time, but then once it gets to, like, a certain point, it's going to take longer and longer and longer. So, like, the quantum computer could do it in, like, one second, and the next is doing it in, like, ten seconds, and then a minute. And then, it's like, half an hour, it's like, wait, this is kind of confusing. Why is it taking it this long?
0: Well, and- it's funny, because someone was already, like, like, someone... There's all these articles like quantum cryptography is going to be unhackable, and then someone was like, quantum cryptography has already been hacked and broken. It's like it's just the same. That's the same circle. It's like we don't even know what it is yet. And I saw somebody on Bloomberg on TV like investors are getting ready for quantum computing. It's like, see, and that's what that's what's going to really start the 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 that's what's going to perk the eyebrows of all the fraudsters, and then we're going to have legitimate science and legitimate tech uh, obfuscated. And bottlenecked, potentially, by these people who are going to capitalize it. And there's people who know, and I won't name any names, but I'm dealing with one of them now. That's <laughs> whatever. Okay? Who can run a scam for many, many years. So, uh, you know. I, I've, seen some, I've seen some stuff where, I mean, if you know how to do it, you can really conceal a lot. I mean, Theranos is... Exhibit A, and that's like not even like some fluff, like you know, conversational AI thing. It was like medical. Like I, I would never have the gumption or balls to fake that because of all the regulation and all of the legalities of it and all the the people. I thought did due diligence. So when I read about Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes, I just can't imagine. Like that just must have been an absolutely awesome sociopath. That she literally snowed all of these people who weren't, like, just chumps who, like, fell into their money. These were, like, people at and, like, Stanford and, like, people who I would imagine would be, like, let me check to see if any of this is real. Wow.
1: She really got to all of them? I haven't really read she up on that.
0: $2 billion. And they had no product. That's, like, it's 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 horrific and awesome at the same time. Like I don't know whether to like edit Barono shirt on eBay
1: or like I mean, I mean like what, I know the company went under but it's like, what did are they suing the company or are they suing her? dude,
0: oh, 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 dude she's in oh you're kidding me? Dude their Twitter, like while she was on the news, like when it all came out, like people were still tweeting from the company Twitter, like like fake links and stuff. I'm like they were like gonna deny this and like they're she's still denying it. Like she's like in court. And I think she's actually gained, she gained, I read she gained some type of ground, which like she went in and her her lawyers were like, she stiffed us. So she's even fucking over her own lawyers and she's still showing up like smiling, not a care in the world, latte in her hand. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, it's incredible. Like you, like she can't pay her lawyers. And then she's like, she, she hooked up with some heir to, I think a hotel heir, if I'm not mistaken. So, on top of being, like, a pariah and, like, a known corporate fraudster, like, she got, like, an heir, like, she, the guy she's with now for several years is an heir to, like, that's inc- insane. This woman must be, like, some type of, because she looks, like, bizarre. So, it's like, it can't be that. I
1: mean, but, you say, Aris, maybe you should date her. She sounds like your type.
0: Yeah, man, I'm just crazy. That's,
1: that's, <laughs> just crazy.
0: It's ever, have ever,
1: type. You like crazy.
0: Oh, man, if, I, I can't have them be crazy, but then some type of, like, mastermind, because then...
1: <laughs> that's a huge plot twist right there.
0: Yeah, no, because then, like, you know, I'll get myself into a hole I can't talk shit out of or something with that. I mean, uh, especially, that's the kind of person who, if they wanted to commit murder, they probably could, at, at scale, and get away with it. Cause like she's still denying it. It's, it's incredible. And like, when you read, like I watched the two documentaries, it's insane. Cause just anything medical, like if she would, they said, if she would have just had like a novelty tech company, like a social media site or something benign, she probably would have gotten away with it a lot longer. If, if not completely got away with it for forever and made a successful exit. But because it was the medical field, because it was something in the healthcare space and medical, that is affecting and potentially putting people at risk or not potentially like actually like they were testing people. And like it, it just, I just, all the stories I can't even uh, think of them off the top of my head, but like they were just doing some crazy shit and there are a lot of parallels between her company and a company I'm dealing with now mm-hmm. um, where it comes to nonsensicality, like uh, revolving door, um, no tech, You know, it was just a bunch of like, and this is another parallel with what, you know, I'm not going to name it, but what I'm dealing with now with the company is that they, uh, they, it's just a bunch of thrown together, open source and legacy software packaged with like their brand. That's all it is. So what she was doing was they were just using regular blood tests. So, you know, that was beyond misleading. It was, uh negligent
1: what was the purpose of that company anyway they were supposed
0: to be able from one drop of blood to Mm -hmm. assess and i think now in israel there's a company that actually pulled this off somehow but so like this isn't my space but this okay let me see breakthrough breakthrough technology company with claims of having devised blood tests that needed only very small amounts of blood It could be performed very rapidly using small automated devices so like basically you can be your own lab core um so from one one drop of blood you can assess a multitude of information about your physiology your health and like your all of your you know just it's like you're doing your own blood work but at home and for cheaply and instantly and none of it. it wasn't even that it was like it wasn't even like sort of working it was it was it was a vapor it was not even vaporware it was fairy dust it like never was gonna work like not even close so it's pretty crazy like she had like fucking joe biden there and stuff like all these people taking pictures there she was on the cover of forbes i believe it was forbes uh the next steve jobs they were calling her it was it's insane if you, you should watch the movies
1: it's wild. She was the what next thirty under thirty, or
0: if she already had that? I'm sure she was. She was going through all that stuff. Um, they they had. You know what the big thing was though. A huge part of the fraud is that they had a massive uh, deal with Walgreens mm. to like use the tests at Walgreens. It's like that's incredible. Like who the fu- All of these different partners and companies and political bodies and ethical bodies and regulation. Like no one thought to say like. Can we check if this works? That's just a little bizarre to me. But I don't know. A lot of vaporware out there.
1: But it's kind of like with all this, all these bailouts going around, all these ghost companies that exist.
0: Like what? What do you mean, ghost companies?
1: Like with the the government, with the PPP, the Paycheck Protective plans? I believe that's what it's called. Like, within yeah. a couple days, it's already, like, dried up, because the government gave money to the banks, and the banks gave the money to companies, not to the people. They gave it to the companies. Well, yeah, I mean, that
0: goes without saying.
1: And Well, I mean, yeah, it goes without saying, but, like, what was really screwed up is that the government didn't give any regulations to the banks, so the banks could do whatever the hell they want. Whether As after. Yeah, as usual, when when businesses out there are waiting for this like this money, but yet the money is being rerouted to these ghost companies, and they're getting $55 million right off the bat, like right then and there, and then you have these smaller companies be like, hey, we need this money. Like, why do you need this money? You're a large company, or you're a company that doesn't even exist. And incredible. Then, yeah, and then there's even the, I think they did a second round of it again, and they're, they already predicted that it would be gone within two days.
0: Yeah, it's like, one of, again, like half envious and then half pissed.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's, it's like, WTF, you're going to give the money away again. Be like, why is the government giving it to the banks? Just do it yourself. It makes more sense. So, did Boeing
0: already get bailed out? I know we talked about that. Are they done? They're bailed out already? <laughs> Are they bailed out? Back were- in debt? Yeah,
1: if they were trying to be bailed out i don't know if they are bailed out but like they was already going downhill with all their screw-ups coming before the covid so i don't know i can't read really another good
0: another good george hot quote george Hodge quotes because i've been putting having his uh streams in the background like i mentioned but he said we should just open source boeing and not bail them out just open source it and re, re- revisit and redefine and completely would, rebuild the aviation industry
1: as in America. If I really open source it. I would just let it crash and burn, or have another company just buy it, just like that. Because like, people would buy people need jobs. People need to get paid. Well, yeah, absolutely. But but, like but, if, you, but if you open source it, nobody can get paid because it's open source. Right. So right.
0: So thing is is like they they had so many layoffs and but the thing is is like they've already okay they got okay they need bailed out they need bailouts because of supposedly one hundred and fifty one uh, as far as last I looked one hundred and fifty one uh, canceled orders of the seven forty seven max yeah
1: because um, just kept breaking apart entirely.
0: yeah it's like, I don't think it had to do with COVID I think that people didn't want like the passengers to die
1: well, it's it's not just that the, the planes were not reliable anymore when too many of those planes. Or that version of the plane kept falling apart, or it crashed. So that's not very good. That's not a very reliable plane that companies want when it's compromising the safety of the passengers. Then you look on the other side, where the the Boeing space sector was also being was also screwing up, and they got yeah, that's even true. Yes, yeah, they got delayed even further. So their stocks just dropped not just because of the, the commercial side of the airliner but also because they screwed up in the space sector as well and then all of a sudden yeah. to add on to it you have covid and covid just obliterates them yeah well I, like
0: i told you i had five friends in florida who, who worked there and they were like yeah dude, they want us this was like last year they're like they want us to go slow they want us to, they, they want like the, their are ways of doing the old aerospace way, the old like pre SpaceX and version galactic and all that. And pre like, new space race. Um They, I, I don't understand such a pivotal and paramount element to our daily lives. And they run so haphazardly and just nonsensical. It doesn't make any sense.
1: That's kind of like um, the place that I previously worked <laughs> too much red tape and hoops. I had to drum through him, 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 yeah. <laughs> they do the same thing Or they just don't care about the instruments That are there in the facility And it's like why I need to do my project And you're giving me an instrument That's already broken Now i got to fix it, validate it And then do an experiment <laughs> In a very oh, short yeah. period of time we would,
0: break, we, would break so many pe- we would break so many people's hearts If they knew what company you were talking about oh, I already,
1: <laughs> Dude when I was there I was already heartbroken when like I saw the the types of instruments that were there in this facility, I was like, "You guys are the most prestigious organization out there, and you have bullshit equipment like this." <laughs> like, are you serious? Yeah.
0: Like it was. Other, yeah. I've been
1: to other companies and agencies, right. and I've seen their equipment. They do the same thing, and theirs is like top notch. Like they're the people who are running it. They can be. A monkey, and all you gotta do is press a button. Here, you gotta turn like knob switches and then get a breadboard out and start, you know, wiring in the breadboard and stuff like that. Well, okay, that's a bit exaggerated, but you get the idea. And, but, it, it was, the instrument was just old. It was just as old as the other instrument that I fixed while waiting for mine to be validated. So I fixed two instruments, one that had nothing to do with the actual project what I was doing. Sure. I it because I need the uh, pass time.
0: It, well, I mean, and it, it's so funny, too, because I was uh, disenfranchised. I was just thinking about that today earlier. So bummed. I, that was such a weird feeling. I interviewed for, like, my dream company uh, for what I do, which is AI. And uh, I was so, like, it was, I'm not going to name their names either, because I'm imagining it's just a team. Because it was some product that no one really gives a shit about but it was a relative it was correlative to my skill set to a degree but they were like it was horrible it was like it's just insane I, I interviewed one through like a recruiting agency this one was in part was a direct from from them other name uh, from <laughs> him. and uh, and uh, it was like you know finally I was like this is what I've gotten into tech for pretty much uh, to work for them and it was such let down and they were just such these two guys on the phone were such idiots like like the one guy didn't really say anything the guy was supposed to interview me then he got somebody else on the phone didn't even introduce himself and he was like yeah like uh you you work at all these different places i'm very concerned i'm like well okay like you're concerned about what see because to me it's just, i see that i have been basically groomed and cut my teeth on competitors, com- com- competing organizations, competing technology. I'm versed in their strategies. I um, understand all the different verticals of multiple different industries and possess an array of dis- like pr- You're getting an entire t- conversational AI team in one person. But, you know, it was just, it was it was ridiculous. I was so bummed. Bothered me for a little bit. I was just like, I can't believe that. Because I heard that it, the company's not the same as as uh, when its founder passed away. I hint. I guess, like, pretty much gives it away. But I couldn't believe, like, the culture there. And then the one recruiter, this was for a separate job before that, was like, I think you're going to intimidate them. I'm like, at this company, that's a problem. If I'm going to intimidate people at this company. Because this is, like, my bracelet. So, like, that's pretty incredible.
1: I feel like intimidation is what they need. They need people like us. Like, yeah, we're intimidating in the interview, but, like, that just means that you should hire us because we have the competency level to get the shit done. And not only that, we can work individually, self-starters, or we can work on a team. We don't mind either. It's just that we take pride in our work and we like to make quality work.
0: That's another thing that they couldn't swallow. I, was, I said that same thing. I said, and I say this all the time because it's true. I've been to the energies of any team or initiative that I'm currently working in. It just makes sense to do that. Why would I come in if I'm a contractor consultant and say, we're doing things my way? Then if, if the organization that has been around for decades does it one way, like that's not po- A, that's not going to po- be possible. And it just doesn't make any sense. So when you say something like that, like I operate autonomously just as well as in a team player. Uh, as a team player and working with the team. They're like, that can't be. It's like, yes, it can. Like, absolutely. It's just that when I work autonomously, I'm going to run circles around the rest of your team. And uh, yes.
1: I know I'm going to run
0: circles around it. So then what they do, that's why I can't stand just corporate America in general, because then what they do is resort to, to corporate politics and all that other bullshit where they're like, you know, they do that, like, you know, whatever. I, I don't even, I don't know the first thing about, Corporate games or anything like that, or playing games at all. But that's, I was awesome. so bummed with the culture. Like, it was like, the I've never had an, uh, an interaction like that ever. And I definitely wasn't ever expecting it was going to come from this company. So that was such a bummer. So, um,
1: dude, even my dreams to work at a certain company, once I got to the company, I was bummed. Like, I was super excited to be there, just like how you were, like in the interview. Super excited to be there. Then once I'm there, I'm just like, that's it. Like, like, come on, guys, throw some, throw me a bone, give me something to do, and they they just ignored me. So then I had to like you know ask others to be like, all right, what are you guys working on so I can help you guys out. They gave me tell me what they're working on. I did my own little research and then from there, I just went off by myself and did the work. Like there was no teamwork whatsoever. Yeah, but
0: that seems to be prolific in their organization because the company you're talking about, like I mentioned, I interviewed for two last year and on site went there. I had high expectations as well. And it was like, we're two years behind and everything is due in two months and we don't have anyone to do it. I was like, so, and they're like, okay, well, we'll let you know in about six to nine weeks. I'm like, already right there. There's a problem. I'm not going to be available in six to nine weeks.
1: And, and then there's a there's a other company recently which I wish I know my family keeps coming at me with because I said the wrong thing, but I feel like being transparent, I was right in the interview, the face to face one, and they actually had the whole entire contract drafted up that Monday. Where like after I left on Friday from California, on Monday I did a follow up email and. The recruiter called me back and she's saying, We have everything drafted up. We just have to do this fourth interview because we want to clear some stuff up. And apparently, having the IQ is one thing, but then they also look at the EQ, and EQ matters more than the IQ in this company. Which to me got me confused because I like to make quality work, but it's like, you guys care more about the EQ than the IQ? Like, I was in various situations that were trivial and non trivial. And they cared more about the non trivial type situations between certain individuals. And apparently, they cared more about that. But it's like, not many people are going to be in that situation, especially in a company. And if you are, the best thing to do is to walk away and then report it. Because that should, you're representing the company and that type of mentality and that type of talk should not be in this in any company whatsoever like nobody should be saying any type of words or even those type of vulgar words that happen now if like that has to be reported you have no choice that goes to your manager goes to hr and that's it now you can follow up if you want if this person's a friend but after like once it's filed you don't talk to them anymore. You just go right back to work. Now, there's other situations like it's trivial. You can put them aside, talk about it, and, you know, figure out, you know, a solution. Or, if, you know, if it gets a little bit more heated, you can pull a manager and just be like a third person to help us out in a meeting room. Like, here's the pros and cons here. Here's the pros and cons here. This is what we think. This is what this person thinks, you know, figure it out that way. Um, if it's personal matters, you obviously take them outside the company and you talk about it outside and whatnot but when it, if it's like trivial you can solve it when it's non-trivial you got to report it like it's escalated way too far and this one company that i was interviewing with i made it really far into the company and at the very end they decided no and i noticed the no part because at the fourth interview this one person was late to show up and already said in the interview that we're over time now once that person is late. Then yeah, it's that's a, a red flag for me. Yeah, yeah, what a Yeah, it's a red yeah. flag immediately, which means that they already said no. And even though there's four people in the interview, three of them said yes, one said no, and they put me on hold. And that kind of hurt because they didn't believe me. And then they decided to, you know, interview others and see who is better, even though they already well, have the contract.
0: The aerospace. Now. It seems like the aerospace industry's Issue. I mean, the the hiring system and just the way c- candidates are sourced, pitched, um, evaluated, on board, the whole thing is just so broken and antiquated. It, it boggles my mind because it's such. It's the like literal. It's the it's the foundation of the company's existence, and it's just so bloated and oh. so it's like redundant and stupid. Like. I don't understand how in 2020 we can expect to assess much from a resume.
1: I, I don't know if we can because I mean, if we, I've created multiple resumes, all right. So there's obviously companies that make resumes, and then you can make your own using, you know, Word or LaTeX or Project or whatever you want to. But it's but it's like if you look at the U.S. and what they're looking for, they're looking for a two-page resume, which of whatever information you have that relates to the to the position. Right? And you can't have any photos, any locations, any phone numbers, blah blah blah. Now if you look at Europe, they want everything from like elementary school what you've done. <clears throat> so like from elementary school <clears throat> all the way to the job you've been at, and then from there how many languages you speak, how many programs you you understand, it's like software programs, what well, the certifications you have, what projects you've done, and so on so forth. And like what are your hobbies, like what do you like to do? And a photo of yourself in the corner. Because they want to make sure that, you know, you fit the bill by whatever the hell you've been doing. Now with that's a different type of fishing hook compared to the American fishing hook, which is just putting like a like a a very I don't know would be you just put like a little worm on the end of the fishing hook, tip it in the water and see if anyone bites. Most of the time no one's gonna bite. Because it's just going to sit there, because that's America. Your resume goes. Well,
0: that's the thing too, because you have the 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 flaw when it comes to technical work or anything in tech is that they don't have. uh, And I understand in some cases, especially emerging tech, like you can't, but you should still task hiring managers, recruiters, anybody involved in the hiring and decision making realm when it comes to like new employees. They need to be somewhat versed. If I. Can download the fundamentals of thermodynamics, electrical dynamics, uh, fluid dynamics for the Hyperloop competition. So I could speak on it and then also, you know, produce documentation and keep up a confluence, whatever I was doing. I don't understand how we can't just have like everyone loves all these bullshit meetings all day. So, like, I don't understand. We can't just get everybody together and say, look, we're hiring people for technology X. We're hiring people for machine learning. Watch these, like, two-minute YouTube videos that explain it on a layman level. Understand it. And then at least you can be informed. These, these folks, like, how would you, like, they're just keyword matching. And then you're missing out on so much because you're missing out or you're hiring the wrong person. I've seen it go both ways. So.
1: For me, what I'd do is that I would take on everyone and I'd give them all the same problem. Like a certain problem which i solved myself on a sheet of paper and just be like solve this you have a couple days and give it back to me right now if your answer is correct or if your answer is wrong you'll still make it to the interview but you're going to explain your thought process so that i can follow along on how you solve this problem it's kind of like in high school where like you have the problem and then you can just write the answer and you still get the But your answer is right, but they mark you off wrong, and you ask why? Is because well, you didn't show your work. So for me, I want to see you show your work. I want to see your competency level. I want to see can you do the work, even though you get it wrong, can you work and get it right again? Like I will assist you, follow you through. Like do you know this method? Do you know how to do this method, and whatnot, and so on and so forth. Because it tells me like how much you need to be trained in this in this field in this type of thing like if you're let's say if you're an intern obviously there's there's much leeway but if you're like an entry level a little bit less if you're a junior or senior i'm expecting you to do the problem flawlessly but like when it comes down to it it's like this is just me assessing do you have what it takes to be in this position and then there's also like kind of like how tesla and spacex does their interviews like they'll just grill you on this one thing. And that one thing, you have to know how that what you've written there and know the nitty grits of it because you know someone has done the position if they failed and they struggled with it. Because when they struggle with it, you know they actually did the work because they, they they looked at all the options on how to solve the problem. And that's what they're looking for, people who go to the very bottom and solve the problem. If they can't do that, Correct. then you're kind of screwed. They'll lock you out the door.
0: Right. Well, that's, that's how it should be. And it's like, yeah, like we were saying, at SpaceX. And, like, uh, again, to bring him up, because I'm, you know,
1: fanboy. I'm a, of I'm hardcore. Dude, I'm a fanboy, too. I'm a huge fanboy.
0: No, a fanboy of George Huts. No, I'm, I'm just a fanboy of SpaceX. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, fanboy of SpaceX, well, obviously. We're both both that. But, like, but he said something really interesting. And then I was talking to my friend, Mike Giacentini, who's a mastering engineer. Um, at Sony, and he was like, "We did." He's the first podcast episode, and then he, he he said the same thing, and we were talking about that. Where middle management—that's all who's being left with this whole COVID thing, post post apocalypse. We're going to call it <laughs> like it's all everyone. They laid off everybody, but it's all the people who did the work. So now every all these organizations just have the bloated hierarchical middle management left who don't do any of the work, and that just goes to show you like how fragile that framework is to impart or to, in, to, to have ongoing in your company. Because middle management is really essentially unnecessary and the remote element of what's going on, I've read articles about this too and seen a lot of posts, this is just shining a giant spotlight on that people can be self-managing, people can be accountable for their time and people can produce actionable work um, without having to have direct su- supervisors and like layers and layers of management it just works better. And that's why, like, whenever what you and me are doing, which we're not going to name just yet, even though it's coming together really good, our, our startup initiative. It's, it's
1: coming. It's coming.
0: Everyone there is going to be, it doesn't matter how how high it goes, how large it gets. Anybody. Like, when I was at Samsung, I was like, I mean, granted, it's a larger corporation, and I've seen a lot crazier stuff. But, like, when I started for the first two weeks, they were just like, yeah, like, Susie isn't in, so like just like chill out for a second. I'm like, I just moved across the well, you know from SoCal to up to the Bay Area to Mountain View. And You're telling me this person's not I'm here. I'm here, I'm ready to go. And they're like, Yeah, it's gonna like plan to not do anything for two weeks is essentially what they said. And I was a contract. I mean, I, they hired me as a contractor there too. Which is, you know, all essentially just you know, you get you can end up getting the money. But at the end of the day, it was like all of this is, un- when I, I was there, it was my first exposure to, to to that type of environment. And I was like, I would not, if I was the CEO or owner of a company like this, and I knew all of this time was being squandered by people literally just running the clock here, I'd lo- I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. I'd have like constant aneurysms that I would, I just like, it would, it drove me nuts to watch. And I've seen some crazy, crazy shit. Like the big pharma company I worked for, I the product ended up, go- this is, this is great. I've got in, I own the product, I made the product. And now the product, the, the, the their, their conversational AI agent is not only still in existence, they're hiring a VP for it. Actually, they tried to get me to come back before I took my most recent job. And they were like, I'm going to see if you're a good fit. I'm like, well, I made the fucking thing. So I'm pretty sure I'm a good fit. Like right there. It's like ridiculous. Like, what do you mean? I'm a good. I, I I made this from scratch for you in 2017. This is my top to bottom, 100% me. I made this for you. So mm. why would you sit there and say, well, we need to see if you're a good fit for what we need? I'm like, I'm pretty sure because I, I made it. So it's just crazy. That's what, And I've seen, like I was saying, at that company, we were on like, there was, it was like multi-continent. Like one dude's in Poland. I'm sitting in Philadelphia for absolutely no reason. At the, the headquarters. Uh, and then some people were in North Carolina. Some people were in San Francisco. And literally 12 full-grown managers and myself deciding what color to make, like, my Excel spreadsheet sells. It was, I couldn't believe it as it was happening. It was absolutely insane. It's, and it just goes to show. Like, and I had to deal and navigate with that. They're, like, you know, because they, they're an older company, veteran company. so they, they are of an older paradigm, but I, uh, I navigated those waters because I was more so interfacing with them than I wasn't reporting to them. I just needed to herd them, get information from them, get them, you know, then they could continue about their day. And then I made the thing. And that's the, the ch- in this case, a, 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 text base agent or chap out of this, they call it, which I hate that word, but whatever. But, um, and we made it and it worked like instantly, um, Whereas companies where, and I'm really happy with what I'm working on now, but I'm not talking about like, if anyone's listening from there, and I'm not going to name them, but um, previous companies like that were, that had that bloated managerial problem, that infrastructural issue, and that those bottlenecks where we had tons of middle managers, you know, PMs and this and that floating around doing nothing. were When they took the reins and they went in situations where they held the reins, all the work—they love the work—and it ended up like I just checked on um, my Amazon Echo to see because they have like their their app. They didn't use any. They haven't done anything with it. So it's like I just want to tell these companies, some of them, like because of your bloated managerial issue, like the fact that you have this overabundance of middle management, you're giving you're giving like me and probably many other people free money. Just hope you know that you're giving it away. Like you may as well burn it. So it's, it's, it needs a lot of help and then there's new companies like, uh, hired. And then there's one triple bite where you don't send a resume and I don't think, or you do, but it's not an interview. You do tests like coding tests and stuff, but those are smaller operations. And I haven't really seen that initiated or utilized to any great degree. Mm-hmm. Um, people still do it the old school way. And it's very easy to hire the wrong person and to miss hiring good people.
1: So, I mean, I know Indeed does the same thing. We mean, right like after, so after you apply for a position, like the, um, if the hiring manager has opted for it, they will have you do a test assessment to see how well your knowledge is. And oh you know, there's just that. So it's like oh, a yeah, it's like a fifteen minute test and then so on and so forth. And it can be a wide range of things from like Excel to like mechanical engineering to software, all sorts of stuff. Now Excel I'm not very good at it. I can play that after that. So and many companies that I applied for the told me to do Excel, I was like crap. Um
0: with Excel spreadsheets?
1: Yeah, Excel spreadsheets. Well it's
0: made by it's made by Microsoft, so it's like if you learn how to do it well, you're learning how to do something unintuitively and ridiculously.
1: Yeah. So there's that and then if you look it's at worked. LinkedIn, LinkedIn has the same thing, but you get badges for it. So like when you apply to like companies and whatnot, the like when they see your resume when you apply, it's like oh you have this type of badge. Be like okay cool, but then when you actually Google, do these badges do anything? Recruiters don't even look at it. They don't even care. So where are like, these badges
0: at?
1: It's in LinkedIn. You can do the tests. Oh the LinkedIn badges. Yeah. yeah, it's all it's all on LinkedIn. Cause I was like, will this help me? You know be advantageous in getting hired in companies. And then when you, like, do your research about it, it doesn't do shit. It just tells them, okay, yeah, you know you know this amount of work, but, like, that's it. They're done. And apparently, like, if you look at how you get noticed more on LinkedIn, right, you, you post a lot, you like a lot, you comment, you join, like, a large amount of groups and whatnot. Then there's also the fact that you get looked at more when you have recommendations. So there's endorsed skills I've, and endorsed. I've never been, I've never,
0: I mean, I don't, everyone I know who has recommendations is always like, a, like, I don't know. I mean, some do this is this. Okay. This is a generalization. It's not fair. Cause it's not true. There's some really good people. I know that have like a lot of recommendations, but when it comes to certain, like, people that I'm looking up it's always like you know I don't know it just seems like it doesn't match they are they they're they're thinner in skills and uh, apparent value from you know my perspective and from like the like an external perspective as opposed to those who I guess don't pay attention as much to to reviews or uh, what do you what are they called it again recommendations reviews recommendations yeah i've never heard that i mean i've heard all sorts of shit from recruiters i've never heard anyone say you don't have enough recommendations and i have at yeah. this point half of, like hundreds
1: the, of the, the recruiters are not the ones that are saying it. like you can do your own research about like how to get noticed more and when you apply to positions and then the recruiter looks at your application then they look at your your profile right and they see how many people have actually recommended you so like you know it validates that you do good work you work well and Whatever situation and whatnot, and you have good feedback from people, they're gonna most likely click on, like, hire, select you to be hired than others. And oh, that, that weighs more than just having skills and endorsements and having a wide range of people in your connections or being in the groups because these recruiters, they look at that. They wanna know can this person work well in our company and can they do the work well? So it's, so okay, it's like, so,
0: yeah, given recommendations, no one's, uh, to my knowledge, looked to see, never heard that they matter to anybody on any level of the hiring chain, but well, yeah, you, I mean, maybe in aerospace,
1: yeah, probably in aerospace or like, at least in engineering, they're definitely going to have the recommendations there. Because I mean, I'm looking at like I'm looking at my LinkedIn right now. Like I have all these positions and whatnot. I have okay, so I have one cert like one certification. Okay, that's cool. I have a bunch of volunteering services. I have the crap ton of skills and endorsements. I have a lot of accomplishments. I have what four, four publications. Um, there's four organizations I've been that in. five. Awards, speak three languages, plus the like, my one that I speak at home, but I don't have that on LinkedIn, so that's four. Um, yeah, so there's like there's so many different things that I have here, but yeah, I look for the recommendations or, and whatnot, and I don't have any. And it's like, how do you recommend someone? I looked at yours, on your LinkedIn, and you have like a good handful of recommendations. I was like, how do I get recommendations? <laughs>
0: Oh, people! But the thing is, is the people who recommended me on that are either like friends of mine, and they're just like clicking random recommendation because recommendation so options because they want me to go do it to them, and then also people who are just random that don't even know me, like
1: well, see people are did, like uh, that's for skills you know. and that's for skills and endorsements. For recommendations, you have to write like a good two three sentences out. Most people don't want to think if they're going to recommend you. They don't want to think. That's where they do skills and endorsements. Oh, are yeah. you talking
0: about recommendations? Or are you talk, like, what, talking about the written? Like, I worked with Corinne. He's awesome. Uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Are you talking yeah. about where someone endorses you?
1: No. The, okay, so on LinkedIn, the skills and endorsements are just clicks. Right. But for a recommendation, you actually have to write a thought out thing, which most I don't people don't have a few recommendations. Oh,
0: I recommended people. They're not recommending me. Because they asked me to. They asked me to recommend them. Those aren't my recommendations. Like, to me, I wrote them because I was asked to. So you see the whole... The
1: yeah, yeah says so you've given, given to, awesome. but yet no one's given it to you. But it's like, I don't have the option in my LinkedIn at all. So for everyone listening, definitely get your recommendations in. People like to look at that.
0: <laughs> well, I need the podcast the hosting thing, too, and... Uh, this is a very interesting world. It's like it's. I didn't realize. I mean, I realized it existed, obviously, but I didn't realize. I mean, the that it weighs a lot. uh, The 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 industry itself was like it. uh, Like it's like there's like twenty different places to host your podcast. All these obviously different places to consume them: Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, RSS feeds to consider. It was like whoa. So uh. That's definitely a great learning experience. So, this is, I'm just doing this quarantine with my, the quarantine edition of these with this remote setup. But then, oh man, am I going to go ham hey, once I settle somewhere where right when this all lifts, if it lifts, oh, I'm going to get some, some, I'm going back into my, 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 going, digging back into my roots and I'm going to grab some good gear. I already like, I'm like, I need a, like a Blue Robbie. Like, I, I like all, like, flashy, like cool, like high end audio like like especially if it's like discontinued and like has lights on it as stupid as that sounds but like the blue robbie mic pre and like oh i'm so stoked because i'm not a big uh i'm stoked on usb mics for everybody because it made like hard like quality microphone um and dsp tech accessible to everybody that's cool i'm not slamming it but as far as being the audiophile i am not uh, by the quality of this spot this podcast episode or the last one by any stretch uh, um i am an artist author- author-